Welcome back to another episode of the Fitness Education Podcast by Rob Matthews Coaching. In this episode, I'm going to be covering the topic of weight loss for women and why women need to diet differently in comparison to men. Before we get into it, let me just say something. This is to all the lads out there. Please give this a listen. Not only will it change your view on how male weight loss works, but it will certainly make you realise why your girlfriend may struggle more losing weight, while also make you appreciate just how much harder it is for women to lose weight. Now, some of the things I talk about today are simply going to make some people's quality of life better. Now, how? I can't by the end of this podcast suddenly give you more muscle or to instantly get you into better shape or leaner. But what I can do is to get you to have a greater understanding through a simplified and easy to comprehend chat on maybe your partner's physique or your own physique, your partner's physiology or your physiology. So let's simplify it down. As I've addressed in a podcast before, there is only one way to lose weight by being in a calorie deficit. Simplified down even further, you need to move more and eat a little bit less. Now, if you're still confused, I want to explain it to you through a credit card analogy, okay? So imagine paying off a credit card. The money you've accumulated on this card relates to the body fat you've accumulated too. We want to be paying off more money on this card than we're putting on it, i.e. burning more calories than we're taking in. Because if we don't pay off as much more money on this card than we're putting on it, then it's going to build up and up and we're going to be putting on more fat. Same for our body, we want to be paying off more calories than we're taking in and then obviously actionable steps over time by paying off more money on this card than we're taking in will reduce your debt and reduce your body fat. So it's all about money in versus money out or also known as calories in versus calories out. As we know it's no good to be paying off your credit card for a week and then binging and buying even more unneeded things i.e. eating more unneeded food and more calories as it's only going to put you back to square one or even worse than where you were before. So it's all about being consistent and paying your credit card over time. Getting you to the balance that you want on your credit card and the body fat or weight that you wish to be. Now the moving more part. A step goal and a gym goal are the usual parts to it. Now, basically to start, the calorie goal is obviously the money you will be putting onto that card that we discussed earlier, and your daily steps and the energy you spend at the gym is the money you pay off the card. And we obviously want to, be, we want to pay more money off the card than we're putting onto the card, i.e. creating that calorie deficit. Try and get the card back to baseline. Let's see you're putting on £1,600 a month onto that card. You'd want to be paying off 18000 a month so that you have 200 a month better off per month over time. Same with your calories. If you're putting 1600 calories into your body a day, you want to be burning 1800 calories a day, which will create a 200 calorie deficit, which implemented consistently is going to result in weight and fat loss. Thus highlighting the importance of the step goal and gym goal, i.e. paying off that credit card, i.e. burning more calories because your daily steps account for about roughly 30% of the calories you burn in a day, about 50% of the calories you burn in a day you burn automatically through your basal metabolic rate, so the gym only accounts for 15%. So your daily step goal is vitally important in paying off that credit card, i.e. burning more calories. Okay. Hopefully now you understand just what a calorie deficit is, so let's move on to the reason that you are here and listening to this podcast today. Female versus male fat loss. So let's look at the facts first, then I'll explain a little more about each one, okay? Fact number one. 
Should a male or female both create the same calorie deficit, they will lose the same amount of fat. Okay. Fact number two. It will take approximately 33% longer for a female to burn that amount of calories. Fact number three. There are many more factors at play outside simply eating less and moving more when it comes to a woman's fat loss journey. So let me explain fact one and two in a bit more detail first. Let's say you take the missus out on a date night, nice fancy restaurant or vice versa, whatever it may be, with it being 2022 and all that. But for this point, it's a man and a woman together at the restaurant, okay? Cheers, cancel me after you've rated this podcast five stars. Yeah, cheers. Anyway, let's imagine you both ordered the exact same thing, a nice big massive steak or whatever your choice is on the menu that night. You both ordered the exact same thing, okay? So both parties, the male and the female, are consuming the exact same amount of calories because they've ordered the same thing. And before I dive deeper, I'm not saying we need different menus for males and females. Yeah, that's not that's not my point here. I got enough hate messages when I said menus should have calories on them in the first place. But I do think we need to understand and consider the point that I'm about to make more. So let's say as a couple, you are on this fitness journey together getting in shape for a wedding, the summer holiday, whatever it is, that's the goal and the reason for losing weight, etc. The male does an hour workout, good session, turns to his partner and says, I'm off, I'm going to go home. And the female says, oh, please, can you stay? I've still got another half an hour to go in my session. You know, as a lad, the male is probably thinking, how the hell does she still have another half an hour to go? Well, the reason that she still has another half an hour to go is because... She needs another half an hour to burn the exact same amount of calories as the male just did because you ate the same meal last night. So that's fact one and two mixed together and explained there. Now fact three. This is where lads, you really need to listen up to appreciate what your partner is going through. Now this whole podcast concept has came from a check-in with a new female client who didn't really know much about the effect of her period and the way it can affect not only her diet but her training too. So let me remind you what fact three was. There are many more factors at play outside simply eating less and moving more when it comes to a woman's fat loss. The big factor being her menstrual cycle. So that's the first key difference. A female's menstrual cycle is 28 days long. Whereas for men, we repeat our cycle simply 24 hours each and every day is truly another chance to get after it. So why does the 28 day cycle matter? Well, because these 28 days can be broken into stages. The two macro stages are the follicular phase and the luteal phase. The follicular phase being the first 14 days and the luteal phase being the last 14 days. Now, there isn't a one-size-fits-all approach in labelling a good and a bad side, okay? So let's get that sorted first. There's no good and a bad side. I've never had one, so I can't claim to know the feelings. However, I do have some science alongside many female clientele so that we can label this in a more simplified way, okay? So day one to five is your menstruation period. This is where your estrogen and progesterone are at their lowest. Some females will experience cramps, bloating, and will feel more fatigued than usual. At this stage, between day one to day five, it's important to listen to your body as some may feel great and it's a good chance to train well, but others may feel, like I said, them cramped, bloating, more fatigued and just have lesser energy to be able to train effectively or train at all. 
Moving on to day 6 to 13, still within the follicular phase, we are looking at oestrogen starting to rise until it's at its peak at ovulation. You should feel much more energetic in this phase, so it's a great chance to train hard. Um, for lack of a better wording for all the guys listening to this, thinking, why, why am I listening to this? This is when your partner will have the highest amount of testosterone in her system. They're at their most fertile point of their menstruation cycle, and for that reason, they'll be keener than usual. Day 14 to 21, ovulation, start of the luteal phase. This is where this phase is where you should feel absolutely class, okay? So you should continue pushing your training hard and maximise gains. Day 22 to 28, the end of the luteal phase and the end of your cycle. Oestrogen and progesterone decrease during this phase. Body temperature will likely increase, leading to poorer sleep quality, and you will slightly burn more calories, making it harder to stay away from the snack cupboard. Take your training easy, do what you can, but don't go full booner. Keep things light, focus on your form, and encourage your technique focus points, okay? So now we have a basic simplified overview of how we might feel, how we should train, and why we might need some more food, but how do we measure this? What metrics do we use since we are comparing a four-week cycle? Like I said, for guys, we can simply weigh ourselves every day, take our progress picks and not worry too much about fluctuations and we'll see if all things are done correctly, sustained progress. For females, they don't have this luxury when comparing on a daily or a weekly period. When comparing, say, between week one and week two, we are comparing massively different physiologies. Your hormones are, are at completely different stages. In week one, we will be bloated. You may have less energy, causing you to have trained less than while at your peak, meaning when compared to week two, when you are feeling class, feeling better, you're less bloated and pumped up from the four gym sessions you managed that week. You look top fucking dog and you weigh less due to the lower need for energy, aka calories and increased calorie output. But then week four comes around and your sleep quality is massively reduced and you need a few more snacks due to this increased energy need, causing the scale to go up and you to not like the progress picks you've taken, making you think you've gone backwards even though you've trained the same amount this week. Hopefully that's explained and simplified enough for you to get an understanding of how it's hard to measure um, this output within females. So what do we have to do? How do we measure as a female? Well, we need four sets of measurements and it needs to be in line with your menstrual cycle. So week one of your transformation should be in week one of your menstrual cycle. Why is this? Well, because as we've just discussed, changes outside of your control with your physiology can have a massive impact on fluctuations on weight and circumference. Let's dive a little bit deeper on that. Cravings and metabolic rate. In the luteal phase, a woman will burn an extra 100 to 300 calories per day. And within this period, women will find it extremely difficult to stick to their original calorie target without considerations for these external factors and often end up binging and consuming on average 500 calories more. As well as in the last seven days of the cycles where females may experience through PMS, decreases in performance where they may only be able to lift 60% of what they usually lift. Their highest chance of injury and highest chance of dislocations. So as a female, as I said earlier, we need to line up with our menstrual cycle and that's the same with our diet. Imagine you start a diet as you pass ovulation. 
you are literally starting the diet at the toughest part of your cycle. It isn't just because it's Friday or some other reason, it's scientific fact that you are starting your diet at the wrong time. If you just give yourself a couple weeks, you could start a diet when it will feel easier, you'll have less external factors causing stress and you will have some motivation to kick on with. But does that mean we have to diet all the time? Now this is up for debate and comes down to personal preference. However, like I've said, since working with female clientele, there seems to be a common practice which can guarantee us results without the unnecessary stress and burdens. Females may only want to diet for two weeks of the 28-day cycle and this is what I do with 99% of my clients that are female. Now there is a reason it's only 99% because this isn't fixed and some clients of mine have been able to diet for the full 28-day cycle having experienced little to none external stress and pressure meaning they are able to diet continuously however I am aware that they are in a minority when it comes to the blessing of not feeling that external pressure. So why only two weeks? No this doesn't mean for the two weeks you aren't losing weight that that you are putting it on but instead spending two weeks at maintenance when your body needs the higher energy supply. Why not just diet down from day 6 to day 21? when your body is at its best equipped to deal with the energy deficit needed to lose weight. Yes, it will mean you take longer to reach your goal weight, but the cost to reward ratio is much greater than dieting for all four weeks and feeling like shit every two weeks. And a diet that you stick to for two weeks of every month is going to do much more for you than a diet that you don't stick to at all. So how do you manage your cycle? You may be sat thinking, Rob, you've just told me my metabolic rate will increase 100 to 300 calories. So why not have one to two to three pieces of fruit on top of your existing diet to help aid and sort your cravings? It will give you the satisfaction of the sweetness. Like I said, it will help aid the cravings and you won't even notice or feel guilty about consuming more. But won't that mean that you're putting on weight? You may be thinking... No, because as there's an increase in your metabolic rate, you are still in a deficit by eating more. Now, there's many more external factors at play, such as PCOS when it comes to female fat loss, but I'm aware of how long this podcast is and don't want to bombard you with even more information. So if you've found this helpful, if you've learned something new, be it about your partner or maybe even about yourself, let me know. Let me know what part shocked you or that you never knew. And if you are a female listening to this, please take note. And if you need more help and understanding, feel free to give me a message. If the response is strong to this episode of the podcast, I will do another going into the other external factors in play in female fat loss. I hope you have a good week and I'll be back with another episode come Monday.